Hi there, I'm Sue Alvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 123. And today I want to tell you about a new adventure that I'm just about to set out on. Another big idea. And I'm hoping you will come along on the adventure with me that together we can do some wonderful things. As well as telling you about this idea, I have a lot of family news to share. For of course, I've been gone for a few weeks. And since I last made an episode, we've celebrated Easter. So I've got a few things to tell you about that. But first of all, I'm going to start with my big idea. I've been thinking about something for quite a long time and that is Patreon. I don't know if you know what Patreon is, so I will explain very quickly. Patreon is a platform where creatives get together with their supporters. The supporters might pledge a dollar or five dollars or ten dollars a month, whatever, to help the creator keep on doing the work that is important to them. And then the creator offers special rewards for anybody who is willing to support them. So over the last few weeks, I've been thinking about the future of my blog and this podcast and my YouTube channel. Now you might know that I've continually think about this. Should I stop blogging? Should I stop podcasting? Go and do something else. It's a story that goes round and round. Yes, same old story. But I think I'm breaking free. I am setting out on a new adventure which will commit me to more podcasting, more blogging. And I'm hoping to do even more things as I continue to share the unschooling message. Yes, I've been doing some investigating, looking at what other podcasters are doing and thinking, could I go on Patreon, could I get a few patrons who will support and encourage me, who will join me in this work that I'm doing online, who will help me do things that I hope will make a difference to people's lives. Now, some people seem to be very successful on Patreon. They have a lot of patrons. But as I've been thinking about Patreon, of course, I've been thinking, Oh, look, nobody will want to support me. The work that I do isn't very important. Why should anybody want to give me a dollar, five dollars or so each month to continue doing what I'm doing? Yes, a lack of confidence. I have a great friend. Her name is Deb. Now, I have never met Deb in person, but she has sent me some wonderful emails. And she has made me feel that what I'm doing is important. All the money that I spend, all the time that I spend trying to help people live the unschooling way of life. Yes, it's not a waste of time. I am sharing my experience. I have things to offer. And I hope you feel that way as well, because if you don't, of course, I am going to have no patrons on Patreon. So how would I feel if nobody wants to support me? If there's a big zero next to the number of patrons on my Patreon page, 
well, I guess I can live with it. I guess we have to go out there, take a risk, try new things and not be afraid. I wrote a blog post not so long ago, maybe two weeks ago, about how the world needs unschoolers, people who are passionate about what they are doing, people who will learn all they can, who want to go out there, who feel that they have a mission that's wrapped up in the things that are important to them, who want to make a difference to the world. People often say that children will not do anything if parents don't push them. Why should they? But I disagree with that. I think that we are all born with a need to develop our talents and to go out there and share them with other people and to know that what we're doing is important, that it has value and it can affect the world. Yes, definitely, the world needs unschoolers. The world doesn't need more safe and sensible people who are too afraid to go out there and take any risks because they might fail or they're looking for security. I think security is an illusion. We might get a safe and steady job, but who's to say that safe and steady job is going to be there forever? We might as well go out there and encourage our children to go out there and do things that we all enjoy, that we're all good at, and with our passion for our subjects, our talents, we hope that we can help other people. So, I guess that's a roundabout way of explaining how I came to the point of actually going over to Patreon and signing up. I did that the other day. Took me a long time to fill out the tax form that goes with a Patreon account. Not that there were many questions, but when it came to signing and it says, sign here, type your name, and then underneath it said, print your name. And to me, the signature and the printing looked exactly the same. I don't know if that's what they wanted, but that's what they got. I submitted my form and then headed over to my page to start putting it together. And my page is now ready. I'm about to launch my own Patreon page. So this is how it works. I have set up three tiers for patrons. If you would like to support my work, what I'm doing online, then you could become a fantastic patron for $1 a month. Or you might like to become an awesome patron at $5 a month. Or you could become an epic patron at $10 a month. Yes, those are the levels that I have set up at the moment. A lot of Patreon creatives have set up even higher tiers. But I can't imagine asking anybody for any extra money at the moment. Now, what will I do with your pledges? Well, the money will go towards my hosting costs for my podcast and my blog. I will also be able to buy new equipment for podcasting and making videos and software as well. And I guess there's all sorts of things I could do if I had a little bit more money. Of course, for the past few years, I've been spending my time and my own money 
are spreading the unschooling message, and I don't regret that at all. I've been happy to do that. But I've been thinking about what I could do with just a little bit more money. Because sometimes it isn't easy to find that extra money for all the unschooling things that I would like to do. It's family money. I have set my first goal for my page, and that is to cover the hosting for this podcast. I think also knowing that I have some supporters will spur me on. It will give me the incentive to sit down at my mic more often, record more regularly. Because yes, I must admit that I do disappear every now and then. But I'm feeling rather enthusiastic at the moment. I have all sorts of ideas, and I want to share them with you. I'm not saying that I will produce a podcast every single week without fail, but I hope to get close to that. I would also like to make more videos for my YouTube channel. I seem to have had a lot of new subscribers recently, but I haven't had any new content since Christmas. And then, of course, there's my blog. It's still ticking along. So I have set up three tiers, and I'm hoping that you will join me on my Patreon adventure. And if you do, I have some patron-exclusive rewards for you. I will have a Patreon feed and community, and I'll be posting things in that feed. You will have the opportunity to post things as well. We could get to know each other a little bit better via my Patreon feed. Also, I'm hoping to post some behind-the-scenes things, like photos and videos, some extras. And if you decide to support me through the $10 tier, I will make an exclusive patron-only video or podcast each month just for you. I hope that sounds attractive. Last night, I spent a long time setting up my page, getting a header for it, writing all the text. And then this morning, I made a video, an introduction video that will tell everybody who lands on my page all about what I hope to achieve with their support. So I set up my phone in my bedroom, and it's rather a cloudy day today, and recorded a video. It was only later on when I uploaded it. The video was very grainy. It wasn't very attractive at all. So I thought, what am I going to do? It's a really cloudy, sort of dull type of day today. I could look for my daughter Sophie's lights and get them set up. I would have had to have done that on my own because Sophie's at work today. In the end, I sat at a picnic table in the park and I recorded my video in the fresh air. Yeah, the light was much better down the road in the park. And so I'm hoping that that video is okay. I've uploaded it to YouTube, and it is also on my Patreon page. My daughter Imogen had a look at it. She gave it the thumbs up. So I think that I'm ready to launch my Patreon page. Once I have finished this podcast, this episode that I'm recording right at this moment, I can hit launch. Yes, my Patreon page will become live. And then I suppose I'll sit back and wonder if anybody is going to come along and support me. Before I leave the topic of Patreon, 
If you do not feel able to support me as a patron, I understand that. And I would just like to thank you anyway for all the encouragement, the friendship, the support that you have shown me over the past few years as I've been doing my unschooling work online. I really do appreciate everything my friends have done, all the encouragement that you have shown me, the comments you have left me, the reviews that you have written, everything that has kept me going. Yes, there have been a lot of times when I have felt like giving up, retreating away from the internet, making my family life private again, and going off and doing something completely different. I wouldn't still be here if it wasn't for you, and I can't keep on going also without you. I can only continue this unschooling work with your support. I can't do it alone. If anybody would like to share this podcast or the link to my Patreon page so that other people hear about what I'm doing, I would appreciate that enormously. So please go out there and share. Talking about sharing links, that brings me to the topic of social media. Now you probably know that I am no longer on Facebook. I don't have a Facebook page anymore and that's working out really well. I used to get so overwhelmed by Facebook and the effort that I used to put into my page, it was a big waste of time in many ways. Yes, I used to chat with a small group of people, but trying to get Facebook to put my posts in my followers' feeds was almost impossible. So I deleted my account and I have no regrets about that. But Instagram. When I deleted my Facebook account, I deactivated my Instagram account. I didn't get rid of it altogether. Maybe I needed some time to think about it. You might know that I enjoy photography. I like looking at other people's photos. I like posting my own. And I couldn't quite bring myself to delete all my photos, delete my Instagram account. But maybe a month ago, I thought, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm going to go to my account. I'm going to get rid of it completely. But you can't get rid of a deactivated account without first activating it. So I activated my Instagram account and then I went to delete it, but I couldn't quite do it. I looked at all the photos again. I scrolled through my feed and I had a look at all my friends' photos and I caught up a bit and I thought, oh look, I'll leave it a little while longer. Think about it a bit more. So a few weeks went by. A few people discovered that my account was active again. I got a few more followers. And then a few days before Easter, I decided to post a photo. I just put one photo on Instagram and then see how I felt about it. If I felt overwhelmed, I was going to deactivate my account straight away. So what happened? Well, quite a few people stopped by and said, Hey, Sue, you're back. We missed you. And they liked my photo and I got chatting with some friends on Instagram, and I thought, hey, I'm really enjoying this. It is really nice to catch up with people again. So I have posted some photos over Easter, just a couple each day, 
and I have enjoyed liking a few of my friends' photos, adding a comment here or there. And for the moment, I have decided to keep my Instagram account. Having an account not only keeps me in contact with the people that I enjoy chatting to, it also encourages me to go out there and take more photos to get better at photography. I've been missing that. But what happens if I get that overwhelmed feeling again, if it's all too much? Well, I guess I could always deactivate my account again for a while, or I could just ignore it, just not visit Instagram for a while until I'm feeling better. So that's where I am with Instagram. So if you're on Instagram and you would like to connect there with me, you will find me there at Stories of an Unschooling Family. I will add a link to this week's show notes. So, on to some family news. I must have a lot of it to share, because as I said, it's been a few weeks since I made a podcast episode. But I think I'll just tell you about Easter. There's a couple of interesting things that have happened over the last few days. On Good Friday, my daughter Sophie, who is 16 and who is a passionate photographer and videographer, she went out to our local monastery and she filmed a passion play. A passion play is a reenactment of Jesus' passion. A group of actors acts out all the major events in the last hours of Jesus' life. The first event in the Passion was the betrayal of Jesus by Judas Iscariot. And the last one was when Jesus was taken down from the cross after being crucified. He was carried into the tomb. And in between those two events, of course, there is the Last Supper. There is a scene with Pontius Pilate, the scourging, the way of the cross. Yes, all the major events of the last hours of Jesus' life. All the parts were played by a group of volunteers. Some of those were local people. Some of people came from further afield, from such places as Sydney and Canberra. There were two official photographers, and my daughter Sophie was asked to be the official videographer. Sophie was a bit apprehensive about the whole thing. She was a bit nervous about working with some professional photographers, about being amongst a lot of people, because they were expecting about 15,000 pilgrims to come and watch the Passion Play. She wondered whether she could capture all the necessary scenes, whether she would be jostled, whether she could get the angles that she wanted, whether she could do a good job. I knew Sophie was feeling a bit nervous, so I volunteered to go with her to the monastery as just a support person. I wasn't going to help her with the videography, but she appreciated knowing that I was there. And my daughter Gemma Rose, she decided to come along too. So we set out early on Good Friday morning for the monastery. I think it takes us about 30-35 minutes to get there. Well, that's the time it usually takes us to get there. On Friday morning, the traffic was bumper to bumper all the way along the freeway. And even though the speed limit is 110 kilometers per hour, 
I don't think we got much above 80 kilometers per hour. Yes, a lot of traffic. A lot of it was holiday traffic. People getting in their cars and heading off for the long Easter weekend. But a number of people were also going out to the monastery to see the Passion Play. As I said, they were expecting about 15,000 people. Well, I don't know how many people had turned up, but there were so many people there that I could hardly see anything. I couldn't see the action at all. I was walled in by people. Sophie was more fortunate than me. Because she was the official videographer, she was allowed next to the actors. Inside the barriers, she could go where she wanted to go. But Gemma Rose and I, we had to fight for a spot where we could see what was going on. I soon gave up. I'm not the sort of person who likes to push through crowds, who likes to stand shoulder to shoulder with strangers. Um, Jim Rose did a little bit of wriggling and she managed to see enough and she went off by herself in the end. I just met her after each scene and we walked to the next scene and continued from one end of the monastery to the other. I sort of gave up taking photos. That's what I was hoping to do. I was hoping to get some wonderful photos of all the action. I got a photo here and there, but nothing much. I really don't like my personal space being invaded. And a lot of those people who went to see the Passion Play, they were experts at getting to the front of the crowd. Yeah, they just do a lot of pushing and they don't seem to mind skin contact. Whereas when people lean up against me, I tend to take a step to the side and I kept moving and moving and, and in the end I turned sideways and people slipped past me. And as I said, I just gave up. It wasn't worth it. The Passion Play took over two hours to perform. So what are some of the highlights that I can share with you? Well, these are second-hand highlights because I didn't see them, because all I saw was the crowd, as I said. But Sophie saw some interesting things. While she was taking video clips, she saw a lady slip the bread, the unleavened bread that was used at the Last Supper. She saw her slip that into her handbag. Yes, somebody thought that that bread was important, and they took it home with them. Somebody else tried to steal Jesus' clothes. I am not sure how they tried to do that, whether they tried to slip something off him without him noticing. Of course, Jesus, the actor. People get so engrossed in the play that even though the clothes don't belong to Jesus, of course, they, they are the clothes of an actor, somehow they seem to have significance for certain people. We were told the story of how somebody stole the actor Jesus' sandals at the beginning of a passion play a few years ago. And he had to go through the whole passion play barefooted. I can imagine the state of his feet by the time he got to the end. The monastery is set on a large property. Some of it has bush on it and some of the property has been cleared and has grass. It's a very beautiful place. Normally there are kangaroos on the property, but I guess they were hiding on the day of the Passion Play because, I mean, who wants to be amongst 15,000 people? They had probably all gone far, far away. Although there are paths through the monastery, we did a lot of walking on the grass and 
on the bare dirt and amongst leaves and under trees. And by the end of the passion play, uh, we were grubby. We were coated in sunscreen because it was an unusually hot day and dirt was clinging to that sunscreen. We would have liked to have gone home and had a shower, got changed, but we couldn't do that. Once the passion play was over, we got back in the car and we headed into town because we were meeting the rest of our family at our local parish church for the celebration of the Lord's Passion at at 3 o'clock. Sophie, Gemma, Rose and I, as soon as we got to the church, we headed to the bathroom and tried to clean up as best we could. It was only later on, after we got home, that I had a look at my legs and my feet and I realised I had a really dirty tide mark around my ankles. Yes, my feet were nice and clean, but my legs, well, they were certainly dirty. So at the end of the day, we were hot, tired, but it was a good day. And I'm glad that I made the effort to go out to the monastery and support Sophie. I posted a few photos of the Passion Play on Instagram. As I said, I couldn't see much, so there aren't many photos, but I did post several. So how did you celebrate Easter? Did you have a happy time with your family? We certainly had a happy time. It was a very busy time as well. For us, we spend most of our time involved with the music for the Easter services. So the girls and Andy, they sang at the Mass on Holy Thursday. They sang again at the celebration of our Lord's Passion on Good Friday. And then we all went to the Easter Vigil on Saturday evening. My daughter Imogen was the cantor for all three services, which was a great honour. It was a lot of work as well. She had to do a lot of practice. But those masses were absolutely beautiful. It's what Easter is all about. And then on Easter Sunday, which was the day before yesterday, we had a lazy day at home. We had a slow start to the day. We did our usual Easter things. I get the camera out and everybody sings our favourite Easter hymn. We've done this for many years and it's always very interesting to see who is singing each year because sometimes people come and people go, people grow up, get older, change and yes, it's a nice record, some lovely Easter memories. We also always have an Easter egg hunt. When I went to get my hair cut just before Easter, my hairdresser asked me what we were doing at Easter and I said we'd have an Easter egg hunt. And she raised her eyebrows because my youngest daughter is now 14. And she said, you still have Easter egg hunts? And I said, yes. And maybe it seems a bit strange, but my children have a reluctance to give up childish things which are good fun. They don't see why they can't do all these wonderful things that they have always done and which they have enjoyed just because they get to a certain age They want to keep their spirit of adventure, their spirit of childishness, their spirit of fun. And I think a lot of people lose that as they get older. I've been thinking a little bit about that. And I wonder why we become so serious as we get older. Why we are less inclined to do childish things. We lose our spirit of playfulness. I wonder if it's anything to do with peer pressure. 
for people like my hairdresser who raise their eyebrows and say, you're not still doing that, are you? Well, yes, we are. And we had a wonderful Easter egg hunt as usual. Age doesn't matter. I think my kids, in some ways, are never going to grow up. My daughter Imogen's singing teacher's husband has a saying that he lives his life by. He tells us that growing older is mandatory, but growing up is optional. He certainly hasn't lost his spirit of playfulness, his spirit of childishness, his sense of fun. He's a wonderful person to know. I think I'm coming to the end of this episode, episode 123. I'm recording this on a Tuesday afternoon. In a few minutes' time, I'm going to have to pack up, get in the car, drive into town to pick up my daughter Sophie from the train station. She's been working, as I said, today. Her train gets in about 20 past 3. I shall drive her to the gym and then maybe sit in the car, do a bit of work, or maybe I shall go to the shopping centre, grab a coffee, and sit at a table in the mall, and maybe write a blog post, or do some other kind of work. So I guess i better say goodbye so I can go and do all that. I invite you to go over to my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family, where I will post some show notes. Please join me on Instagram if you have an account. And even if you don't feel able to support me on Patreon, perhaps you'd like to just hop over to my page, have a look, and then give me some feedback. Tell me what you think. So that's it. Time to say goodbye. I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope to be back again in a few days' time with another episode. But until then, don't forget to trust, respect, and love unconditionally.